Figuring out what makes you special can be tough, but of course, it's an essential part of marketing your copywriting business. What if you've written for every type of business? What if you've seen it all and written all the copy? Can oodles of experience be your unique selling proposition? We believe the answer is yes. And we're excited to talk to a copywriter who celebrates not only her age and experience, but her knack for reinvention and how this has shaped her copywriting business. And welcome to the Hot Copy Podcast, a podcast for copywriters all about chickens. Nah, copywriting. <laughs> My name is Kate Toon. I'm the founder of the Clever Copywriting School and the Recipe for SEO Success. And with me is the delicious, the delightful Belinda Weaver. Oh, thank you very much, my friend. I am Belinda Weaver, and yes, I am also a copywriter and a copywriting coach, a mentor, and a publisher of many, many pieces of free content. So today we are talking to Mary Cameron. Hello, Mary Cameron. Hello, Kate Toon. Hello, Belinda. How are you? I'm <laughs> You're very quiet, so hopefully ah. we can pump you up. It's okay. We will use the magic of podcast editing to make you loud and proud. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to read out your uh, biography. Biography? Bio? You know what I mean. I'm going to read it out, Mary, so get ready, okay? Uh, with us today is the Wrinkly Writer, aka Mary Cameron. She writes faff-free, quirky SEO copy for business with hearts and smarts. Mary honed her persuasive powers in a 40-year career as a writer, lecturer, and project manager. She launched her freelance copywriting career aged 58, proving that you're never too old to reinvent yourself. As a homage to the oysterly art of turning grit into gorgeousness, good Lord, that's a beautiful line. Mary is never seen without her pearls. Mary, I'm sorry. (laughs) That's one of the best clapping. Uh, it's one of the best buyers I've ever read. I love it. <laughs> Thank you, ladies. <laughs> it's very good. And obviously you are, it's, I think it's like one o'clock in the morning or something there. You're in, you're in lovely France, aren't you? Uh, yes. Actually, it's, it's, uh, it's, we're heading into a canicule, a heat wave, and it's just turned six. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, that's a very respectable hour to be up on a yeah, podcast. Very civilized. Yeah. Yeah. So whereabouts in, whereabouts in France are you? Um, I'm in La, in La Belle, Bretagne, um, in the oh. northwest, sticking out into the Atlantic Ocean. So Very nice. Not quite 40 degrees for us today, perhaps. Lovely. Yuch. And we're recording this, obviously, in the time of COVID. You have to say it like that. How is life in lockdown in uh, lovely France? Um, for in our quiet, we rural corner here, it's, it's, um, it's been pretty relaxed, but uh, we are in the height of summer, so we have an influx of tourists here, which we need for the economy, God knows, but um, we're having uh, the rates of infections are rising around us here, so it's a bit scary at the moment. Um, yes. Everybody wears a mask. You, you know, you don't leave your house without a mask. It's obligatoire. To, if you're, obligatoire. If yes. you're going into a restaurant or doing your shopping. But most people are wearing, and I do, whenever I step out my door, I'm fully masked up. Yeah. I like that obligatoire. It sounds so much more sophisticated than you have to wear a mask. (laughs) So Mary, let's get into your copywriting because I want to, you know, your bio says that you didn't start uh, as a copywriter until you were 58. So let's set the scene a bit there. How did you get into copywriting? 
well, officially, when I, when I was 58, I became a copywriter. I'd been writing for a long, long time before that. But in 2013, um, I decided that or was in fact it was really evident to me that I probably wasn't going to win any more senior management jobs at interview uh, with my combination of gray hair and a, and a bit of a stroppy maverick attitude to life um, and furthermore I probably decided I didn't want any so I thought okay I'll start my own wee business and four words copywriting was born ah what a beautiful story. I wanted to say something French then. I had a whole line set up to talk about after you'd done the mask thing. And then Belinda came in with a question, so I can't do it. It takes me about a good 20 minutes to formulate a sentence in French. Um, anyway, never mind. We've missed it now. Um, so look, The Wrinkly Writer, you and I both know how we got to that. But tell everybody else, not really just where the tagline came from, but how you embrace this niche because you know we've talked about this in, in, in the clever copywriting uh, school and one of our members actually quite offended uh, by the fact that you were embracing this kind of age-related uh, you know name um, so what do you what do you think how did you come to it and, and how do you feel about it now you've you know, you've adopted it well I think it's one of those really beautiful happenstance things that happens um, that, that you draw into your life when you decide to do something brave and interesting and different. And, you know, I was cruising along as forwards copywriting, but I was losing my mojo and I knew I needed to do something differently. And um, so and when, you, when you make those kinds of decisions and then you watch the blips that come up on your radar, the blip that came up on my radar was the Hot Copy Mastermind uh, program. So um, the rest is really history, you know. Um, I, I thought I'd call, I'd describe it as a piece, another piece of classic tune, brilliant brain fartery. You know, the moment that you said to me, um, you could find this deeply offens offensive, Mary, but I think you could be the wrinkly writer. And mm -hmm. I just, I loved it immediately because it, it absolutely was me. It nailed everything about my brand. Um, it spoke to me of oodles of experience, of being, here's a French line, um, bien dans ma peau. Uh, in fact, bien dans ma, ma, ma peau day, good in my wrinkly skin, you know, confident and comfortable in, with who I am and with calling myself the wrinkly writer. And it had a, a large dollop of quirk, which is also part of my, my kind of brand flavor, if you like. So yeah, I love it because I feel like it's, it says so much about who you are straight off, like the fact that you would embrace a name like that, you know, and, uh, you know, that sets the scene straight away and that kind of slightly divisive uh, marketing is just so good at attracting the kind of clients you want to work with because people who don't get the joke probably won't enjoy working with you. Do you know what I mean? Exactly that. And it also defines me very clearly, much more than forwards copywriting, which I, I did love, but it def the wrinkly writer defines me so much more clearly in a really overcrowded copywriting marketplace that's chock full of, of bright young things, you know, wonderful bright young things, but bright young things nevertheless. So it's, it's a great point of differentiation as well. Yeah, I love it. Grand merci, Madame Toon. <laughs> I think we'll all remember. I'll, we'll all remember the positioning call where we were when the wrinkly rider plopped out because it did. It just instantly clicked. It was a nice moment. It didn't. It didn't plop. That makes it. It, it, it was born <laughs> like a tiny baby peacock into the yeah, universe. That's much better. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I think, yeah, better than a brain fart. I think though, I think, you know, that's been something interesting about the hot copy mastermind that when um, Belinda and I 
set that up. You know, we, we, we thought maybe that we'd be handling more kind of things further along the path, not necessarily branding so much, but like, you know, how to automate, how to hire staff, how to build a profile, how to earn more money. And yet a lot of the work we did within the mastermind was that positioning, repositioning stuff. And a few people had, a few brands were born during the hot copy mastermind. And I'm quite proud of that little baby brands out in the world. Um, anyway, over to you, Belinda. I'm babbling. Yeah. So I want to, to dig into that age. I find it really interesting that someone, you know, got a bit offended to be embracing, you know, the later stage of life. So what would you say to someone who says you're too old to be a copywriter? Can, is that even a thing? I mean, we've done a podcast on it, so we've got opinions, but what would you say, Mary? Well, no one ever says that exactly um, to me, you're too old. But, you know, I live in France where historically, not so much now it's changing, but people have retired in their late 50s and early 60s. So I often get asked when I'm going to prendre ma retraite, you know, when I'm going to take my retirement, um, which is the same phrase in English, in fact, take retirement. You hear that quite often. And I always imagine that that's like some kind of medication that you get to a certain point in your life and then somebody says, um, you know, okay, okay, old love, take your retirement now and gives you, hands you a pill and you take it and eventually, and so suddenly you kind of poof, disappear from the workplace and pop up on the golf course or on a cruise ship. Maybe not so much on a cruise ship these days, but um, you get the idea. And, you know, that's fine if, if that's what you want to do, but it's not for me, not yet. I still love what I do. And I don't think you're ever too old really to start something new, but um, I think you can outgrow something. And I think humans of all ages outgrow things all the time you know we outgrow our work and our relationships and the places where we live so i don't think you're ever too old but i think if you outgrow whatever it is you're doing it's hard to make a success of it at any age so you should probably stop if at that point but yeah you never you know chronologically you're probably never too old <laughs> yeah I, lo I love that and you know i think especially uh, might be a sweeping generalization, especially as women in the in the workplace, there is kind of seen an age where you kind of you're just too old to keep going. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mm. Possibly once you pass through the menopause and uh, menopause, and you know you're kind of not as valid as a woman as you used to be. So you know, I, I love the uh, this idea of longevity and reinvention, and you know, as, as, as I would say, there's life in the old dog yet. Plenty of life still left in me. And this process of reinvention is interesting as well because, you know, I feel like in my copywriting career, I've reinvented a few times, not just kind of got a new headshot, but kind of changed direction, you know, a bit like Madonna moving from, you know, the, the early days into the pointy bra days into whatever she's doing now. So, you know, when it comes to branding, I mean, I think it's quite close to human reinvention, but when it comes to branding, how do you go about helping brands who are feeling a little bit tired, like you said, and a bit like they've outgrown what they used to do? Well, I think, I think that comes back to that point I made yeah, about outgrowing your brand. I mean, you know, I've watched the, the um, evolution of your brand, Kate, and it's a real refinement and a real sort of deepening of what you do, you know? Um, and I think, with the clients that I work with, uh, we start with that that principle of outgrow of outgrowing your brand. And sometimes you've outgrown your brand, but sometimes your audience and your clients have outgrown you too. And um, there's no, I don't make any judgments there. But you know, maybe what you're offering, people just don't want that anymore. Um, so 
I think there's, um, not to be too woo about it, there's a process of getting around the sort of the fear and the grief that this good thing that you had has stopped working. And so often I'm working with people to, to sort of look at that in a non-judgmental kind of way and then work out, you know, what's their new purpose? What's, where, where are they going to find their new audience? How are they going to work differently? And once people have got that, oh, this is really woo, <laughs> given themselves permission to change or permission to grow into a new brand, um, then I often find that my clients have either a gazillion tangled ideas in their head about what, what they want to do differently. My job is to help them untangle that. Or they got zilch. They got nothing. So we've got to go out and find something. And I think at that point, it's a question of looking at what sparks your interest in terms of changing your brand. You know, I was restless and, and bored with my brand. And as soon as I decided to change, whoop, up popped the copywriting mastermind, you know. Um, so I would say to people, look at what your competitors are doing that you think is really brilliant. Um, not in a comparisonitis kind of way, but just what sparks your interest. And, you know, what are you reading? What are you watching? What are you looking at? Who are the people who are attracting who you're attracting into your life, you know, and who do you want to go and follow and look at, look at those kind of things. And from that, you get the, you, you get ideas about what you want to do differently and better and hello, brand reinvention, you know, hello, copy, copy, hot copy mastermind. Hello, wrinkly writer, for example. <laughs> I love that you raise a, firstly, thank you for bringing the woo, love me some woo. And that was a really interesting idea of like, you're having to work through a bit of grief through the process of reinvention. And I think, you know, I can understand that idea for a personal reinvention, but it's a really interesting thing to apply um, around your branding and marketing as well, because often letting go of something that someone's worked very hard to develop maybe over a long time is not that easy. Now, I, what I want to know is, do people come to you saying, I'm ready for reinvention? Or are there signs that you recognize um, that you help people through, although it's not what they've asked you for? Yeah, almost nobody comes and says, I'm ready for reinvention. But I can't imagine they do. <laughs> <laughs> they come and they say things like, Oh God, you know, my mojo has gone completely AWOL. You know, I've got no energy. Uh, I don't want to do what I'm doing anymore. I mean, one of the things about being a copywriter that's really great is all the good stuff you learn from your clients. And one of my favorite clients is a, a career change coach, in fact. And a lot of, a, a lot of, things I know about reinvention and change I've learned from working with her and you know so the first sign is that something stopped working you know um, in the case of, of in my own case and in the case of a lot of my clients it's the obvious thing you know you're not getting the same traffic through your website your product's not uh, not sexy or hot anymore so but on a personal level it's that your mojo's gone AWOL and then the second thing that happens is that people are grumpy and cynical you know you get you know, your clients are the same as they've always been. Your colleagues are the same as, you, as they've always been. But somehow they get right up your nose and start to drive you crazy and your people are fantasizing about um, running away to sea or just running away anywhere. Or worse still, they're fantasizing about inventing exquisite forms of torture that they're going to, <laughs> they're going to inflict <laughs> on the people who are driving them nuts. Um, and, you know, people have those attacks of itis, all the itises, comparisonitis, grasses, greener itis, overthinking itis, analysis, paralysis. So, you know, people who are in need of a reinvention who come to me as clients and, and people that you meet generally in life, not just in terms of um, professional reinvention, those are the sorts of things. And it's a pretty tough, dispiriting place to get yourself stuck in. Most people need help to get out of it. 
so if I'm sitting here thinking, you know, I'm a bit tired of my brands. I I, I want some reinvention. Um, what 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 advice would you give to them? You know, what are, what are the challenges around reinvention? Yeah, I think that's a really interesting question for me because having done it six times, I'm not sure that I'm all that qualified to even answer that because I've always enjoyed the process, you know, except that, but I, I think one of the main challenges, well, the, ch the biggest challenge is getting out of your comfort zone, getting over the grief that something that you've invented and made is no longer working for you. And also, you know, dealing with those moments in your head, that sort of the, ang the anxious shock of the new when you're in a demons and sometimes God knows even the outer ones, real actual humans say things to you like, you know, what, the hell are you thinking? You know, you're going to die a poverty-stricken, mad old woman who gets eaten by her own cat. Um, so you have to have um, you have to have some systems in place for for dealing with that the sort of inner doomsayers, I guess, um, that come you know that hit you when the anxiety of making change um, arises. Uh, I suppose that's one thing. Um, and the other thing I think generally for people, perhaps not so much copywriters because you really are, you're still using your writing skills, but Generally, people have got to work out which of their skills are transferable, um, how to adapt those skills, what new skills you might to develop, you might need to develop, that kind of stuff. I think. But the biggest challenge is just stepping out of your comfort zone and being brave about uh, about doing things differently. And I think as well, I mean, we even had we had a wobbly writer moment where, like, you know, there was a moment of thinking. Yeah, I think there are moments where you go, oh, I, you know, you're all excited and you've got your new brand and your new logo and your new photos. And then you're like, really? Am I doing this? Do I like it? Do I still like it? And that can be, you know, because as you said, it's the comfort zone moment, isn't it? It's where you've got to step off the cliff and you're not quite sure. That can be a challenge as well, don't you think? Yeah, I think I think that I think for me that wobbly moment was not so much about the, the newness of it, but the energy. And I think one of the challenges for older people perhaps um is that i don't have the same energy i had at 40 you know i can't get up at 4 a.m and do two hours of sport training and then work a nine-hour day like i did then. i can't do that and i'm in my 40s <laughs> who can do that what uh, <laughs> you know, it's probably not a bad thing that i can't yeah. do that it's giving me a, a much more balanced life so i think for me that wobbly moment was driven by do i have the energy to do this you know a bit of do I still have the confidence and skill to do it, but mostly do I still have the energy? And I think that's apart from the cultural issues that, that face particularly older women um, making big changes and starting new businesses. Um, I've dropped a link into the resources by a wonderful, a wonderful um, essay that the Australian writer Helen Garner has written about that called The Insults of Age, A One Woman Assault on Condescension. Um, <laughs> but I think it's uh, apart from those attitudes that, uh, that are cultural perceptions about old people. Um, I think uh, it's an energy issue. It can be, you've got to watch your energy. That's, I guess that's what I want to say. And that would be, uh, you know, not only your emotional energy as you're going through this um, transition, um, but also, especially with you, you know, referencing how you work with older clients to suddenly go, oh yeah, so now you have to embrace this whole world of digital marketing, which for us is just part of what we do. But I think all three of us on this call have been through a, a process of updating even a logo is a lot of tech and a lot of admin involved in modern online marketing. How do you find people respond to that? From your client base, uh, I think I think that's really interesting. I mean, 
you know, my career began before the internet was a thing. And um, I was an early adopter of technology. Um, but despite being an early adopter of technology, you know, the pace of change is so rapid. And you're right, Belinda, there are so many tools and so many techniques and so much new language to learn all the time. It's a challenge to keep up with those things. But this really lovely thing I learned very early is that although, I'll, you know, people of my generation, Mm, not your generations, perhaps you too, but certainly in my generation will never be digitally native. It's a great term that was coined by, <laughs> I'm laughing even thinking about this, he was called a futurist in 2000, Mark Prensky, the term of whether you were digitally native or digitally immigrant. And, you know, I will always be digitally immigrant. You know, I will always speak digital with an accent, okay? Um, but, you know, living in France and having French as my second language, and I used to worry about my accent, but everyone here says, nah, accents are cool. They're really cute. They're really sexy. They're really exotic. So I think that's something, that's a point I often make to older clients. You know, yes, you're a digital Im immigrant. Yes, you'll never have the same ease of understanding as somebody who grew up with new technologies and digital technologies, but your accent is sexy and interesting. So that's okay. Feel confident about that. And I think, I mean, the other obvious thing is that, you know, Facebook Live, the camera loves you less when you're wrinkly, for sure, absolutely. And um, one of the things I love about the copywriting group that I belong to is we do a lot of Facebook Live in there. And people of all ages are themselves. You know, nobody, very few, I mean, some people do wonderful things with makeup and hair. It's never been my thing and look fabulous. But a lot of people just look like themselves with all their lumps and bumps and crinkles and wrinkles and um, unreconstructed teeth. So... For me, it's never been an issue because um, I can ha I have what can best be described as an interesting face. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, but I know it's an issue for a lot of women, uh, older women who um, you know were very beautiful in their youth, and those women that I know are still beautiful to me. But um, they sort of mourn what they say describe as the loss of their looks. Um, for me, I I knew very early that I wasn't pretty, but I knew that I was pretty clever. And, um, you know, clever improves with age. But, yeah, there are, there are some challenges around um, modern digital marketing, but they're not as um, complex or as um, unsurmountable as people might think. And I think that's the message that I give to my clients. Oh, Mary, preach. I'm loving all of that. I, I, <laughs> you know, I, I, love, I love the thing that, you know, people are losing their looks and I often think, well, I never had them in the first place. So I'm <laughs> I'm actually glad. I think it's harder for, I think it's harder for beautiful people to age because they do feel the loss of something. Whereas if you've never been beautiful, you don't really care about it as much. And, um, and I think the challenge of showing up online in video, in, in, you know, unless it's an airbrushed photo shoot that you have control of, it's challenging for women of all ages. There's a lot of pressure on young women to look a certain way and middle-aged women and, you know, all of us and, and men as well now as well, unfortunately, it's bled into them that they've got to have the shiny teeth and the glossy hair and oh, is it glossy teeth and shiny hair I can never <laughs> but you know but yes, then we, we can bung a filter on and then we think everyone else looks that good and yeah. we can't <laughs> it's all filters <laughs> I know I, I, I fiddled with a photo I remember I was, I was mucking around fiddling with a photo using this app called Facetune ages ago and I, and I think I shared it on on socials no I'm lying I know I shared it on socials and I was quite glamorous and then I look back at that photo like a couple of weeks ago and go well I wish I looked like that and the thing is I never did look like that. I'd forgotten that I'd edited my own photo and you know, I was using myself as comparison. Jeez, this world we live in is crazy. So, you know, 
I think there's, we often focus on how to help uh, younger writers into the marketplace and how to get them started and how to, you know, uh, grow into their career. But what advice would you have for older writers looking to, you know, maybe change career and, and move into copywriting? Well, I mean, I think my principal point of advice is back yourself because if you've been writing for a while, you've you've 100% got very transferable skills. You know, writing skills are extremely transferable. But I, I think for older people, the thing that you've got perhaps in spades that only develops with experience um, is you've got people skills, you've got soft skills. And, you know, God knows in copywriting, those skills are as important as your ability to wrangle the words into order. You know, your ability to um, calm people's anxiety, to solve problems, um, to explain things clearly. So, you know, you back yourself because if you've been a writer for a while, you'll have good skills and you'll have good people skills. And if you are really old like me and, you know, came through the 70s when plain English became a thing, if you've got those plain English principles in your writing, then you've got a really sound basis for writing good copy. And if you haven't got those principles of plain English writing, go out and get them quick smart. And also join groups. You know, there are fabulous copywriting communities that you can join and I belong to several of them and they're just brilliant. And don't be... um, what's the word, reticent, I guess, about being older, you know, in those groups, find your, um, your subgroup of, of like-minded copy buddies and don't be afraid to share your stuff. And certainly, if you feel like you can do it, do encourage and mentor younger copywriters because as venerable grey hairs, that's the right thing to do. <laughs> I love that. Mary, it's such a joy to talk to you and you know your turn of phrase you know you're talking about uh, your accent or your you know the, the things you have through experience being as much virtue as you know being gorgeous and being youthful and energetic I think it comes through as you, as you speak you've got such such a beautiful turn of phrase anyway I've got to stop to- I'll see you, Madame Toon. <laughs> yeah I've got to stop tooting your horn I'm sorry but um Thank you for coming on the show today. Where can we find out more about you uh, and your and check out, check out all your bits and bobs? Um, I've dropped the links into the notes for um, for the podcast. Uh, find me at thewrinklywriter.com. Uh, find me on Instagram or Twitter, um, or drop me an email at yeah, mary yeah. at thewrinklywriter.com. Fabulous. Merci, mon ami. Okay, uh, bon après-midi, bon fin de journée, wherever you are, ladies. And thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. I got, I got nothing to add to this little exchange, so. <laughs> <laughs> Au revoir, mon petit pois. Okay, oh. let me do the outro. Let me do the outro. Let's go. Uh, regular listeners will know at this time we read a review of the show. And today we're giving a shout out to Kazaround from Australia. An old dog learning new tricks. See, we picked these testimonials carefully. Uh, And really enjoying the podcast, presented so well by Kate and Belinda, who are engaging and entertaining and informing on all things copywriting. This is the best podcast in a while, and I can't get enough. Well, thank you very much, Kaz Around. And thanks to you for listening. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a rating and review on iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, We do love the reviews. We're running out. Please give us some more. Uh, Your review will help others find the show and we'll give you a shout out finally you can head to the hardcopypodcast.com and leave your comments on the blog post for this episode and check out links to mary's website the wrinklywriter.com 
So thank you again, Mary Cameron. Thank you and bye-bye. <laughs> and thanks, Belinda. Thanks, Kate. Until next time, happy writing. Thanks for listening right to the end. If you enjoyed this podcast, you might enjoy my two other podcasts. I have one called The Recipe for SEO Success, which is all about SEO tips, advice, and helping you grapple the Google beast. And my other, The Confessions of a Misfit Entrepreneur, which is all about dealing with the stresses of running your own business. You can find both of them on iTunes and Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. Podcasts.